That first Back to the Future movie is so weird. I love it. It's, yeah, it's fucking wild. <laughs> I do think the second one is my favorite, though. I think the second one's too dark. <laughs> I feel like people, I feel like people remember the really fun 2015 part of Back to the Future and forget the bit where Biff killed Marty's dad. And it's like a dystopic future where he's a dictator. And then married his mom and sent him away and it's like fucking weird. And I'm not even sure if they talk about what happens to his siblings, but maybe they did and it was depressing. You think we're going to get a Back to the Future remake? Probably eventually, right? I don't think so. You think it was so 80s that it's just got to stay? I think it's too 80s. I feel like if it would have happened, it would have happened already. A Back to the Future remake, that's just now, but like, you know, jumping back 30 years? Well, because they did that with It. Did they do that? Oh, I guess you're right. I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it because it would be a different movie, right? Because it would necessarily be entirely different because Marty is an 80s kid. I don't know. Because, like, Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox are both still alive mm-hmm. and doing stuff. Hey, this is... We gotta start talking about this movie. But... <laughs> Welcome to direct video I am your host and noted vegetarian, Tony Robusto. I- what? I thought it was important to mention on this particular episode. Oh, okay, great. Yes, uh, I am your host and noted grandson of a butcher, Andy Reyes. Wow. <laughs> grandson of a butcher sounds like an insult. You're a real grandson of a butcher. Oh, and uh, today we watched Babe. And we sure did. Pig in the city. Oh, we sure did watch it. These are things that we sure did watch. Are these <sighs> movies? Here's the thing. I was told Babe Pig in the City was crazy. I might not any longer have a good metric for these things mm-hmm. because I thought Babe Pig in the City was surprisingly a lot like Babe. And if you could get if you could get past the main core issues in Babe, you could probably still like Babe Pig in the City. The thing about Babe Pig in the City is that it made me mad <laughs> that it had nothing to do with herding sheep. <laughs> Does that am am I the problem? No, you're absolutely right. Uh, it feels like they took every one of the same themes as Babe and just like forgot to, to make it a movie that babe would be in oh man i it's weird all it's right weird. so okay so here's the thing but you know what else is weird babe this is a weird movie i i think the first movie is weirder than the second movie because once you get to the second movie the first one already happened to you I think that's fair. I think, like, the weirdest thing about the second movie is that it keeps the same tone as the first movie. It keeps, a lo- like, a lot of the same themes. Like, it has a dog almost drown oh while God. being, like, hung upside down on a leash. And that's, like, really brutal. In a scene that lasts for a really long yes. time. It's really brutal, but also is, like, a 100% something that would have happened in the original Babe movie. Oh, yeah. Babe is weird because they never for a second stop reminding you that we eat pigs all the time. We we eat them, pigs. And you know, I'm a vegetarian, but I, I don't like 
try to push my morals on other people. But in a world where all animals have the level of intelligence that, that these animals have, it is completely immoral to eat them. They basically worship these humans as gods and then just end up dead. It's very odd. It's a really weird thing. It's kind of an unsettling movie. The other thing is it's also pretty sweet. It's really weird. It is a really weird setup they've got. This movie posits two things to you. One, it's weird for a pig to herd sheep, which I agree. That is pretty weird. It's probably weird. And then two, it's weird for a man to want to have a pig as a pet. That's not that weird. It's it's a lot less weird. Pigs, their intelligence, people say they're smarter than dogs. And I don't know if that's true. I, I haven't looked at the science. But they're definitely comparable to dogs and therefore can be, you know, taught to poop outside, which is the main thing you want in a pet. And they're already domesticated. Here's the thing about this movie. Here, here's the thing about this movie, these two movies that's really interesting to me. Mm. Is that this movie, uh, Babe, was written and produced by one George Miller. And here, uh, here, here are some movies that George Miller has written and directed. Okay? Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking knew I knew that name, but I didn't know it was that. Mad Max 2. Twilight Zone the movie. Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. A cup, uh, The Witches of Eastwick, Lorenzo's Oil, Babe, 40,000 Years of Dreaming, Babe, Pig in the City, which he wrote, directed, and produced, Happy Feet. Wow. Happy Feet 2, which he also wrote, directed, and produced. He does that for Mad a lot Max of his Fury sequels, Road. huh? This man has a very odd career. Yeah. Um, yeah. His latest movie has was Mad Max Fury Road, which did come out four years ago now, which is insane to me. I didn't realize he hadn't done anything since then. I think he's been trying to work on a sequel, but people just haven't wanted to give it to him. That's really weird. Mad Max Fury Road was huge. Wow. Okay. God, I remember Happy Feet having kind of a dark plot, too, in that the main character was deformed because his egg fell. Yes, his dad dropped him as a as an egg. Yeah, which like, like as I was watching it in the theater as a kid, I was like, "That's a weird choice." So, Babe uh, is based on a book called "The Sheep Pig" or "Babe the Gallant Pig," and wow, this movie is weird. It's pretty weird. So we open on like a the world's worst carnival. I think it lo- <laughs> it looks like my great grandmother's kitchen. Oh, you mean this, this crazy murderer's house. Okay, so my great-grandmother liked pigs. And do you know when you have an older relative who likes something? No. None of my older relatives have ever liked anything. Well, I was going to finish that sentence. (laughs) When they like something, and it's like sort of the one thing everybody knows about them. And so Mm. it's like the one theme that they're always getting as presents. Okay. So like like you know little kids you, they do art sometimes you give that to grandparents. She would get anything with a pig on it. That kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um I remember watching 
I don't think it was Babe. I think it was one of the other pig movies at her house at Thanksgiving. Uh, Wilbur? Does that sound right? Charlotte's Web. Oh, Wilbur was from Charlotte's Web. It wasn't yeah. that movie, but the same vein. <laughs> How many talking pig movies can there be? I mean, upwards of five? Let me just switch. Talking pig movie. List of fictional pigs in film. Gordy. Was it Gordy? What is Gordy? Oh, I don't think it was Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> this pig is wearing sunglasses. And a tie. Uh, moving on. Uh, I need to close this right now. Um, so yeah, there's all these like pig tchotchkes. And each of them is going to like represent a chapter in this story. The 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 babe has like vignettes that connect together to make the overall story. It's such a weird connective tissue for this movie to have because a you don't need them. Right. The the scenes before and after those vignettes are pretty close time wise to yeah, each other. Yeah, they usually just just would connect. In, in any other movie, you just leave that. Some of them are a little bit further apart, but you could still, like, hand wave it or say a few months later or something. All of these, like, vignettes are, are, are these chapter titles, I guess. I don't know. It's such a weird thing to have in a movie. Very rarely does a movie do this, and I think this is a great idea. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't think it's necessary literally at all. I kind of like it. <laughs> okay. I think it, I think it was a bad move. <laughs> All right, but you you like the gut you like the I like it. I like that there are these mice who don't have a reason to be in the movie at all, except that they read off the titles. I hated these mice. In fact, that was the one thing about this movie that I could not stand every time these mice spoke. Because they spoke all at once, but but a little bit out of sync. It was some Alvin and the Chipmunk shit, man, and I just didn't need it in this movie. Uh, I know what movies we're watching next. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that hurts. Okay. Uh, there's three of those movies, actually, so uh, maybe four? There might be four of those movies. Anyway. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. So this movie does not open on the carnival. It opens before the carnival at a like, like a pig breeding house or something. Oh, that's right. It, this is... This is the part of the movie where I was like, I get I get the tone that this movie's going for because it's framed like a Nazi camp. Yeah, that's that's fair. And the like the the dude who goes and takes the dudes who are going and like taking the pigs into the wagon are literally dressed in like Nazi overcoats, all black leather, sunglasses. Mm-hmm. It's weird. And two minutes in, I've already seen a pigless butthole. So <laughs> so you're like done <laughs> uh yeah but this opening's depressing as hell these pigs are all they're gonna be slaughtered and they make it pretty clear uh babe's mom gets taken away and then he gets fed by a like a mechanical milking machine yeah well he doesn't that's the thing right is he because he's like because he's watching his mom get dragged away yeah he's like lamenting his mom that this this oh except this is is important she doesn't get dragged away because the narration tells us that she believes she's going to heaven and so she goes willingly this sucks that all of the pigs look forward to getting fat as fast as possible so that they can leave because leaving must be awesome because no one ever chooses to come back 
is wow is really it's great. a lot the beginning of this movie is a lot yeah so while babe is lamenting the loss of uh his her his mom his mom her mom that's an excellent question i think babe is male but if you put a gun to my head i wouldn't be able to tell you why i thought that their mom we we could stick with there for now yeah we're gonna be a little gender fluid with this one this this imdb thing does not have pronouns (laughs) babe the pig from babe pig in the city is a pig this pig babe I'm glad that IMDb refuses to take a stance on the greatest question of our generation. <laughs> you know, it's a pig, Tony. It doesn't need to have a gender. Oh, they did, like, Photoshop a smile onto this pig's face, and it doesn't look good. Anyway. Oh, you're looking at the, the movie poster? Yeah, I was, and I should be on my notes. <laughs> uh, so then we go to your carnival, where we meet the Hoggets. The Hoggets, which, what a name. Yep. If that name doesn't scream pig... So, Arthur Hoggett, played by the always wonderful James Cromwell, who's been in a lot of movies, usually just as either mean old guy or nice old guy. (laughs) (laughs) He does a stellar job in this. He's fantastic. Playing a character who has got to have like a dozen lines. (laughs) And he's not stoic, is the thing. He he pretty much shows his emotions on his face, but never says anything. It's very odd. I think his wife has more lines than he does, and she's less of a character mm-hmm. in this in this movie. <laughs> so he's walking around the state fair, and these judges are like, "Hey, man, guess the weight of this pig, and the pig is yours." And he's like, "What do I need a pig for? I raise sheep." And they're like, "You can eat it." That's what they say. They're like, "You can eat it at Christmas." And he's like, that's a that's a good idea. I just want it clear that everybody talks about how they're going to eat this pig for a while. Everyone is so excited about eating this pig. They have a moment. They stare into each other's eyes and then the pig pees on him. Mm-hmm. Solid. It's like that scene in Dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. Like that. <laughs> this is actually a really well done and like almost tender scene. It's weird how nuanced and like, cause it's not, it's, it's obviously played for laughs. Like, oh, haha, the pig is peeing on him. Mm-hmm. But, but the big thing is, is like, he's just staring at this pig. Right. And even the, the judges are like, that's the first time that that pig hasn't screamed its head off. And I'm just like, it's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. There, so the scene after this is really weird though, because him and his wife are like at home. His wife has just won like some competition. She's won like a like many jam competitions or something. Yeah. Like she's brought home different best jams. Yeah, and he gets a call and they tell him he won the pig and he just says Oh, oh. in a really well delivered oh. It I it's an oh that says a lot of things. <laughs> cause cause he doesn't say it like Oh, he he kind of he's like sullen but excited, but yeah, he like he didn't really like, want tepid. the pig. But is it against having the pig? It's really yeah, it's it's, it's really yeah. Funny. I have I just have a line here that says, "Who is this grim looking ass hat?" And I think that's Rex. I think this is when we meet Rex. Okay, I have a similar thing that says this dog is supposed to look tough, but I've never seen a border collie look tough. Yeah, that's 
I think this is like our introduction to Rex, which okay. is him watching this pig be dropped off. He he has that look that's like Tarzan's ape dad. Well, that's who he is throughout this movie, right? Yeah. Is Tarzan's ape dad. Kerchak. Kerchak, yes. Or, man, we have referenced Kerchak kind of a lot for not having done Tarzan on the show. <laughs> well, because I don't know, if we do Tarzan, we have two other movies there and they're in movies. weird... Yeah. We'd have to watch Tarzan 2, then Tarzan, then Tarzan and Jane to get the continuity right. <laughs> it's so important to get the continuity right. <laughs> oh, jeez. Also, I just I hate Phil Collins so much. <laughs> uh, so, Babe meets Fly and the puppies. Yes. Fly acts all motherly towards him because she's a mom. And the puppies all want to play with him. And all the puppies talk about how he's going to be fit. And I want to mention this because it really bothered me later when Babe's like, I was supposed to be food because he should know because all the puppies were constantly talking about it. Like there's a scene where they're climbing over Babe and they're like, you're going to be eaten someday. And it's like, dude, (laughs) show a little... Respect? Is that the right word? I don't think so. I mean, it could it could be, but like tact, I guess, would be good. Tact is a better word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the part of the movie where I was like, okay, there's puppets happening. Yes. Um, because th- there are moments in this movie where they're real animals, but then computers are used to move the mouth. And there are other scenes where it's a puppet and the puppets look better sometimes sometimes but there are other times when you're like that's a puppet the one puppet i really didn't like it for some reason really unnerved me is ma was was it ma yeah yes yeah ma is the worst one for sure ma is like an older sheep uh she's got she's actually got a lot going on in this movie she's like oh man she's like an older sheep she makes friends with babe she was bit or yeah she's injured right because she was bit by a dog she she says that she got sick uh, okay. after she was attacked by a wolf, yes. which is what the sheep call dogs. Yes. Uh, it doesn't seem like this area, wherever Hoggett's farm is, somewhere somewhere in England, uh, it doesn't doesn't seem like they have wolves, but they do have wild dogs and all the yeah, sheep. Yeah, I assumed like Scotland wolves. or Ireland, but it says it's filmed in Australia. Okay it 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 seemed like a British farm. It did not seem like an Australian farm in the way that... Well, the house itself looks very Hobbit-y. Mm, that's true. makes me think British, but also but those also movies were those filmed, were filmed in, in New Zealand. Zealand. Yes. <laughs> so now, so the, they're not America. Yes. Because we'll go to not america in the next movie that fucking but, where is but a that place? different but a different not america than this this is not america the other one is hyphen is not hyphen america right does that make sense <laughs> like it's great um yeah, the other i think it's my favorite like, part of that movie i can't believe it's not america yeah um although there are some things in that town that make no sense so oh are there <laughs> <laughs> Are there some okay. things? So, um, did they give this pig a wig? Excuse me? Did they give this... Go to the IMDb page. All right. Let's There's see. a still image of Babe eating something, and they gave it a wig. 
Uh, hmm. You think that's a wig? I think that's a wig. I mean, it could be. I don't know. I don't think that this pig has that little tuft of frosted hair. tips. Yeah. Hmm. It just has like a little. I didn't notice this during the movie. Babe just has like a bit of dark hair on top of his head. You think they just sort of glued that on? I'm. I can't believe I'm looking up pig in the. I, that pig is horrifying. Thanks, Wikipedia. Not the one I wanted. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that that's a wig that they gave so that we could tell Babe apart from the other pigs. Hmm. You might be right. Because I'm looking at all these pictures of pigs, and none of them have a fucking like pompadour with frosted tips popping out of the top of their head i don't know what the fuck i'm doing i'm over here on imdb trying to find the animal actor for babe and it's well, not there's working 48 of them there's wait what they went through 48 pigs during the filming of this movie i wasn't sure when to bring that up but i'm glad you made you gave me that opening. i guess that makes sense pigs grow up very fast very very fast as it turns out not only that but like this pig has like scenes. This yeah. pig needs to do things. And yes. you can only teach it would take forever to teach one pig to do all the things this pig has to do. There is a lot of great animal work in this movie though. Like Yeah, it's very solid. There's a lot of stuff where you're like, that's a real animal doing that, and I'm really curious to know who did it. Oh, I think I did find that guy. Uh Carl Lewis Miller. Is the action animal animal action slash animal trainer for Babe? Oof, that is, is an amazing title. The main guy it seems like oh, animal action. That's animal amazing. Action. Uh, but there are also like, God, I want to say twenty other people. Well, there's like fifty animals in this movie. That's fair. Oh man, so- this guy has done a lot of shit. The Monster Squad? What animal action is there in Monster Squad? What animal action is there in Monster Squad? We, this Maybe is... there's a... Well, so that's the thing, right? Is, is that a real wolfman? Have... Did they get a it... real wolfman? <laughs> no, the wolfman needs an animal handler. <laughs> that's a little demeaning. Look, uh... the, wolf ma- the last wolfman we hired said he was house trained and he just shit all over the set. All over the set. We don't trust these wolfmen. You know there was a 10-year TV show called Rex a Cop's Best Friend? Is that about a police dog? I believe it is. And this guy, Carl Lewis Miller, worked on it for 10 years. Oh, man. I need to click off of this man's IMDb page. This man might have the most... Okay, wait. <laughs> yo, so, wait. Yo, I tried... everybody stop. He did work. Very early in his career, as a dog trainer, on a movie called They Only Kill Their Masters. What? Oh, it's about it's it's a movie. It's 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 a it's a mystery movie about a dog who kills his master. Presume assume a uh, presumably. Yeah, presumably. Yeah. But I think it's hilarious that, like, his third movie ever, oh, you're going to be a dog trainer on this movie called They Only Kill Their Masters. That'll be fine. Oh, shit, he did Cujo. Oh, that's awesome. That movie's bad. That's is, a bad movie. Is the I don't dog know if you've stuff ever good? Seen... Well, the dog, the dog scenes are okay, but you don't really see the dog much. Wait, Cujo is just a dog that got rabies? 
Yeah. I thought he was evil. Well, he's evil because he has rabies and he wants to eat this baby. <laughs> this is a man in a dog suit. This is a man in a dog suit. <laughs> Are you looking at Cujo? Yeah, I. we really need to talk about our movie, but like this... Holy shit. Oh, oh no. <laughs> that just, man is just in a dog suit. It's just a man. <laughs> Wait, so what scenes did they use a real dog and what scenes did they just use a man in a dog suit? I bet during the attacks they used the dog suit. I guess that's fair. You don't want, because it's a, what, a St. Bernard? Yeah. Or, or a Mastiff. I think this is a St. Bernard. He's more droopy than a Mastiff. Mastiffs kind of have pug faces. That's true. Oh, yeah, it says here St. Bernard. So, oh, God. I, yeah, you don't want, like, a dog attacking. And there's, like, a kid here. Yeah, this movie sucks. It's just, I'm I'm blown away by the fact that he just has rabies. Mm-hmm. Well, that dog gets blown away at the end of the movie. I <laughs> imagine he would, but, like, so did the dog in fucking... Uh, red, where the red fern grows? Where the red fern grows. And like uh, old yeller, <laughs> man, dogs used to get rabies all the time. We dogs got books about so it so much. In the... I think that was like a huge problem in the United States pre World War II. It's just what if your dog got rabies? Yo, there were three Beethoven movies. I need to stop. I'm done. I'm yeah, done dude, talking there about are so guy. many. There are so many uh, Beethoven movies, and that's not including. Uh... What are those movies even about? They're about a dog. He's like a big dog, and he causes problems. I don't think he's a talking dog. I think he's just big. So anyway. that's something That's something about this movie. Let's get back to Babe, 1995. Um, this movie came out, by the way, 11 days before I was born. I'm going to need to delete so much shit on this. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I just something realized, that... Sorry, we spent a ton of time talking about this bullshit. Okay. Uh, so something that blew me away about this movie is that the animals do talk because it's been so long since I've seen a talking animal movie that I forgot that up until like 10 years ago, there's like talking animal movies coming out the wazoo. Like every day was a new talking animal movie. They were popular. That was a that was just a type of movie. Babe is honestly like one of the best versions of that. A lot of them are worse. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say what like what what's the most recent one you can think of? Uh, should I just click on Carl Lewis Miller again to see what he did? <laughs> uh, so the earliest one I know about is Beverly Hills Chihuahua. When did the uh, what's it movie? Um, Great Dane, not Scooby Doo, the other one. Airbud. Sorry, I I just said Airbud before I heard what you asked. Although Dang. that's a fair one, they do make those buddies movies still, don't Marley they? Marley and Me? No, that's, that's no, that's also, also uh... a thing. Yeah, no, 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 no. The the comic one, Marmaduke. Marmaduke. That was a long time ago, though. That was a while ago. Now that was nine years ago. Although that I think is more recent Tell than. Tell me Beverly you Hills googled Chihuahua. that. I just yeah I just I'm looking it up right now. Okay. I'm just very good at looking stuff up. I don't <laughs> have that on tap. Um, I would say probably the most recent one is like whatever most recent buddies movie came out because I bet they still make those. But like those don't come out in theaters anymore. No, no, that's that's the thing, right? Is these movies don't come out in theaters anymore? For a while, this was this is what got asses in seats, presumably. 
Well, I mean, I, I guess the people who were taking their kids to movie theaters back in 2013 just had no, didn't care. I was going to say, I don't think people now care. They'll, they'll still go to, like, Trolls or whatever. You don't need to watch a good movie if you're just trying to get your kid to shut up for a while. I don't know, man. I was I was tempted to go watch Trolls too. I know you. <laughs> we all were. <laughs> we were all tempted, but how many of us actually watched it? What is happening in this movie? Okay, so we meet. Um, this is when we meet Ma. Yeah, we we did we did mention Ma. We talked about how Babe befriends her. Yeah, because the the other dog and the reason she befriends uh, Babe befriends Ma is because all of the other dogs are going out. They're going out to the pasture, but Babe isn't allowed off the farm. Right, the puppy's got to learn to um, herd because they're going to be sold off later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Babe hangs out with Mom. Babe meets Ferdinand. Yes, who is the goose that wants to be a rooster. He's a duck. He's a duck. He's a duck, yeah. He's a duck that wants to be a rooster. Yes, and we learn that he wants to be a rooster because roosters have a purpose. And duck because and specifically because ducks don't have a purpose. Right. Ducks are just killed and eaten. And if he's a rooster, maybe he won't be killed and eaten. He does say the line, I tried it with the hens and it didn't and work. It did. It's I think this fucked up the chicken. Did you say what I think you said? <laughs> yes. Okay. That this fucked up the chicken. I believe you're right. I think he ducked that chicken good. I <laughs> Oh man, it's it's such a weird line. Although the next movie has the craziest line that I've ever heard in a kids movie, and we'll get there. Let's talk about the narrator while we're here, because there is a narrator throughout this yes. movie who is Roscoe Lee Brown, who's got a very soothing voice that makes me want to fall asleep. Don't though. We have to do this podcast. I know. He sounds very bored by everything going on. Oh, the puppets were done by the Jim Henson Company, by the way. Oh, well, they fucked up on one of them. <laughs> I don't think the problem was with the puppet itself. I think the problem is just that it's a full sheep. It's, I think, here's genu- genuinely what I think the problem is. Sheep are off-putting. They are. They're distressing. Um, Their pupils are wrong. They're the wrong shape for pupils. And <laughs> there's like there's like a part of my lizard brain that's like, that ain't right. Their eyes are circles, but their eye eyes are squares, and it's bad. Yes, and so when it looks at you, you're like, no, that's not right. And I think you put that on a thing that looks like a sheep but starts talking, and you're like, oh, 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 it's going to kill me. Oh, I get it. No, I put it together. I'm dead now. Uh, Which is, I think, the problem with Ma. Yeah, the narrator's pretty soothing. He sort of, like, talks us through stuff that's happening when the animals can't act it out, you know? And and at the same time, he gives us all that lore that we can't get anywhere else. Yes. Oh, and he tells us what Hoggett is thinking because Hoggett never talks. He never talks. So, where are we? What is happening in this movie? The problem with Another problem with this movie is that this movie's pacing is lightning fast. Like, we're going from scene to scene to scene, but nothing's happening. Uh, yeah, I I kind of like that, though. It, it could be a movie that feels really long, but I think because it's, like, cut up in the vignettes and the chapters, mm-hmm. it doesn't. So I believe the next scene is, um... The alarm clock. 
yeah, yeah, so they got this new alarm clock, and Ferdinand... Is he's freaking out. He's gonna destroy it, because he needs to be useful. And he thinks being a rooster will be useful, but that won't work if they've got an alarm clock. So he, he convinces Babe to break into the house, which by which I mean go through the doggy door, and steal it. And in the defense of Babe and Ferdinand... They definitely should have closed those paint cans. You can't just leave paint cans. Yeah, open. seriously though, uh, they just <laughs> also left all of these paint cans. Hug right? it. It's gonna waste the paint. We find we found out later what he was making was a dollhouse for his granddaughter. Yes, you do not Who? need full paint cans for that. Get a much smaller paint can. Those are smaller paint cans. They're the they're the like uh, quarter gallon. That still seems like a lot for that size of a house, but okay. Maybe the maybe the wood is really absorbent. You got to get those layers on there. It is a beautiful dollhouse. It's not bad. Yeah. That this fucking little girl These, does not appreciate. The, the joke of the kids that we meet later is that they're brats. Is they like don't like anything. Well, to be fair, their parents also seem like odd people. But we'll we'll get to that. Uh huh. So babe go babe goes in he he gets all tangled up in string. Yeah, I like, guess it's like, like a yarn. Twine or yarn or yeah, something. Yeah. Ferdinand goes in to help him and together they completely wreck the living room. Uh destroy destroy the alarm clock. Get tracks everywhere so everybody knows it was them. Uh they really just mess up this place and and Rex like comes down on him. Or comes down on babe. Ferdinand is fucking gone. <laughs> Ferdinand flies the coop. Like, so much... Like, this guy is the opposite of a ride-or-die bitch. He cowards <laughs> out. Um, which is weird that he's the character that they decide to, like, bring back for the second movie. He comes back later in this movie, which I also thought was weird. It and, is weird. And I realized, as you were talking about how the second movie was just written and produced by the same guy, it was because he wanted him back in the second one. It's the only thing that makes sense. Is it is that he really liked this duck? Yep. This is a good bit. I'm great at making movies. <laughs> One day I'm gonna make a movie about cars with girls on it. That's, I'm sure George Miller is a fantastic human being. <laughs> but I do like this idea that he just loves this duck. Well he show that Aflac duck what he's got coming to him. You can you can be a fantastic human being and like a duck. <laughs> can you? I don't think you can. <laughs> I think ducks are are uh, similar similar to sheep. Ducks are awful. Well, you know they have that corkscrew penis and institutionalized duck rape, so it's not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're basically dolphins. That made me a lot sadder than I sort of expected it to at the beginning of that sentence. <laughs> So Rex goes like full animal farm on these on these <laughs> animals. That's the thing. This movie is like Animal Farm light in in a really weird way. It's Animal Farm to go. Um, well, because because he's like putting all of these rules down. Like all of the animals need to stay in their place, and no one is ever allowed to not is is ever allowed to be what they're not ever again. Hmm. Oh, and the voice of Rex, by the way. So this is the point where Rex really starts talking, and I'm like, this guy sounds familiar. Hugo Weaving. He was Elrond in Lord of the Rings. Oh. Agent Smith in The Matrix. V in V for Vendetta. 
the Red Skull in the Marvel Universe. You'll raise your hand if you definitely knew the Red Skull was Elrond. No, I did not. Wow, I did. I was like, man, Elrond really took a dark turn. Okay, well, it's been a really long time since I've seen Lord of the Rings. Yeah. All so. right. You know what? That's fair. It's been. I haven't seen Lord of the Rings since I was in middle school, maybe high school, maybe. I feel like you shouldn't watch it alone, but it's hard to convince somebody to spend three hours with you just staring at a movie screen. Oh, uh, and, and, and do also, it two more times. My problem is the opposite of that: is that everybody I know wants to watch all of them at once, and it's like, dog, I'm not gonna spend fucking twelve hours watching these movies. Yeah, if you want to watch a trilogy, go get Back to the Future. And then don't watch the third one. Just watch the first two. The third one's great. Go fuck but it's, I don't need it. But I want it, Andy. They get to steal a train. <laughs> there are other movies where people steal trains. But do they go back to the future in those movies, Andy? They don't go back to the future in this one. Yeah, they do. They go to the past. And then they have to get back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> Can we fucking talk about Babe, please? Can we? <laughs> I don't know. Babe can't keep hanging out with the dogs. All all this stuff. Nobody nobody's allowed to to like break with what they are. And then immediately, next scene, right out of Balto two. <laughs> uh, it's less stupid than in Balto two. Is uh flying Rex Rex's uh kids getting adopted. Oh, yeah, they're just getting given away. Well, so before that, though, is we get, like, a weird panning shot of, like, the butcher shed. Oh, yeah. And the reason I remember this is because there's, like, a cross-stitch framed uh, thing in the shed that says, What you eat today walks and talks tomorrow, which is the most terrifying motto to have in a butcher shed. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're giving away these dogs, and... I don't know if you noticed this one guy taking three puppies. It's <laughs> just piling on the puppies. Yes. <laughs> like, come on, man. Uh, we get some real sad violin music here. Pretty consistently in this movie, and we haven't really talked about Fly, but pretty consistently the like most emotional scenes have been between Babe and Fly. The onus of the film happens because Babe is so pathetic. <laughs> and fly can't help but feel for them like i want to protect this pathetic creature so we so we didn't even talk about this but like the reason the reason that they call themselves babe isn't because that's their name it's because that's what their mom called all of them so that she wouldn't have to name them yep that's fucking insane maybe she was used to having all of her babies taken away and she stopped naming them well and on top of that the entire movie, Hoggins calls the pig pig. Pig, yes. He never names him. I think in the beginning, it was like, we shouldn't name the pig. It's That pig is food. And then... <laughs> we'll call him lunch. And then it sort of became a term of endearment. I knew a chicken named Pot Roast. And I do not know if they ate that chicken or not. <laughs> I mean, probably. You don't really... You don't usually eat the girl chickens, but I don't know. Oh, probably... Mm, uh. I don't know. I'm not, like, I don't know what kind of joke that was. It's definitely not a joke. It's kind of Is it terrible. a joke that they were going to eat the chicken or a joke that they weren't? This is the scene where Babe asks Fly if he can call her mom. And she says yes, because she's like, she is torn up about losing all of her babies. 
it's like one of those things right like she knew that this day was going to happen but that doesn't mean it wasn't hard Mm -hmm. Uh, at this point ma also gets better healthy enough at least to go back to the pasture and for some reason hoggins ties her to the back of the of the of the buggy instead of just putting her in the wagon but whatever it's not my farm maybe she needs a run i don't know and so now it's christmas this is the the greenest christmas i've seen in a long time which you're right it does makes me think australia yeah yeah australia wouldn't they don't know what snow is maybe it is supposed to be somewhere in the uk but it was made in australia and they didn't even think there should be snow (laughs) they well they didn't know (laughs) is there anything we're missing in this Christmas scene? Nah, it looks great to me. <laughs> you sure? It's perfect. So, uh, Mrs. Hogg is really excited to make some ham for her kids and their kids. This family's here for, like, a while, it seems. Like, they're here well before Christmas and a little while after. Yeah, it seems like they're at least here, like, a week. There's even a bit later where, like, their son-in-law's, like, looking over their finances. Which tells me that all the fun stuff is done. Like <laughs> <laughs> nothing says nothing says it's time for you to leave like my like your son-in-law or your son. I believe it's a son-in-law and their daughter. For a while I thought it was both of their kids and then their kids. They both call them mom, mom and, dad. and dad. But there's a moment where in this scene in in that scene later where he calls uh Arthur Arthur. So, okay, yeah. I think All he's right. the one not related to them. <laughs> Cool. So what he tells Arthur to do is to modernize the farm in order to, like, get more money. It doesn't actually make any sense. It makes no sense because if you that would create a large amount of expense with no visible signs of payoff. If he really wants this operation to, you know, make a profit, he needs to reduce expenses and then slowly grow it back up. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Do you know what might help as far as modernizing the farm? Is like a like fence, a, like a around steampunk. the sheep. <laughs> no, what he needs is like a steampunk fence opener. I think that's the. I think that's a good step forward. It's. I like that. It's. It's almost a subtle thing. Is that one of the things that Farmer Hoggett does is like invent a bunch of weird shit. Yeah, like one of the things he really he really gets into is like gadgets on his farm which is weird because him and his wife do not seem excited about this fax machine that's right they do get a fax machine it's the height of technology in 1995 they're getting a fax machine hell yeah here's the thing it's not and it makes me wonder what year it's supposed to be because it's hard to tell because they live on a farm right so it's always kind of the 1800s (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's 1995 the internet's invented. Now, a computer is an expensive gift. That's like $2,000 at this point. I mean, it still is today. Yeah, but you can get one for 200 I sure did. Do you need to get the Hoggets a high-end gaming computer? Is yeah, that what they're do, using man. it for? Well, so, this, this, so here's the thing about this fax machine that blows me away, is that it's just a fax machine. Mm-hmm. It's not even a fax machine plus a telephone. It's just a fax machine. So it's already the cheaper option. <laughs> oh, and here's a note I have about the fax machine. Seems like if they were if they really wanted Huggett to modernize, they should have gotten him some electric shears. Nah, man, you want to scissor cut that shit. Really? Yeah. 
I believe that scissor cutting it gives you a closer shave. I would not have thought that for a second. Interesting. Well, he sharpens them. The electric shears don't give you don't they don't they wouldn't allow you to just pull it off as one like big blanket. I see. Okay. They don't cut, they shred. So you wouldn't get like a right, right, right. smooth separation. It could irritate the skin of the sheep and it could cause them to develop infection. Personally, I would feel really weird about using giant scissors on any animal. I'd be like, man, I'm going to cut right into the sheep. <laughs> well, then don't. Well, that's why I'm not a farmer. Well, no, I mean, I wouldn't do it on purpose. <laughs> I I think there's a reason neither of us are farmers, and it's a, it sounds awful. Uh, you got you got these fucking animals. I can't wake up when a fucking rooster does. <laughs> Fuck this. Um, I I think I could, uh, but I wouldn't be happy about it. Well, I try to go back to sleep. So yeah, there's no Wi-Fi. I don't know. I'm just not about it. Babe goes off to the um. I forget why. Does he just hear the sheep yelling? I think he just gets curious. I think he just wants to know. He, he just checks like, out. He he goes he goes off to the um to the pasture. And the sheep are being um, rustled, which is a crazy thing to happen. Again, what year is it? These guys are dressed like they're ready to steal some puppies for Cruella de Vil, right? Like, <laughs> and here's the thing: they get away with like a lot of the sheep. They get away with most of the sheep. There are like twelve sheep left after this, but because Babe goes back and like uh, warns the hoggets, the only one, by the way, who. We we sure we sort of skipped something uh, that I had one dimension. Mrs. Hoggett wants to cook babe for Christmas, and Hoggett says shame. And Mrs. Hoggett says, "What are you babbling about?" Which is maybe my favorite line because he doesn't. He he just said one word. He, he said, said one, one word. word. <laughs> She's like, "What are you babbling on about?" But he he convinces her to hold off on on killing babe because he gives her the reason that like. Uh, the ham would be good for the next fair. But it's clearly that he has developed some sort of connection with Babe, even though he and the pig have not really been in a scene since the very beginning of this movie. I mean, he's been he's been watching this pig. Every scene that he has briefly been in will get a shot of him like, look at that pig. Yeah, but here, Babe comes running up and Hoggett's like, something's wrong out there and goes and stops those guys from stealing all of his sheep again they got most of them they crashed through the gate but how did they get the truck into the pasture if the gate was still closed they close it behind them why would they do that (laughs) then hoggett starts taking babe out to the pasture to herd the sheep himself because he's got this idea that a pig could herd sheep but man what if this pig can herd sheep the dogs are like mean to the sheep because they think they're, like, too stupid to follow her. So they gotta, like, scream at them because they know better. And Babe, like, goes up and talks to them and, you know, gets gets them to do stuff just by chatting with them. That's that's Babe's basic thing. And also because Ma stands up for him. We skipped Christmas dinner. Oh, yeah. They kill a duck. Yeah, it's not Ferdinand, though. Ferdinand seems real beat up about it, though. Yeah, because it, uh, it was a lady friend of his. And he decides that he's, he's it's time for him to leave this movie. Alas, I've been in this movie too long. I must make my way on a grand new adventure. And then he leaves this movie. Why aren't you an actor? Why aren't I an actor? I mean, that was solid. 
Because <laughs> uh, it's hard, Alex, and I didn't train for it. Rex doesn't like that this pig is doing his job. He's furious about it, beside himself. So mad, in fact, that he attacks his own wife. Yeah. And for a brief moment, I thought we were going to watch a dog get shot. <laughs> because we have so many scenes where the hoggets are like, we got to do something about this dog. Like, he bites Arthur's hand, mm-hmm. uh, which is a big no, like... I've seen enough animal movies to know, right? Like, you bite the hand that feeds you, you're done. Gone. Okay, this is not that kind of movie. What happens is another, like, casually depressing aspect of this film. But, like, the Hoggets don't want to kill their dog. And unlike, for instance, Cujo, or the dogs from all those other movies, he does not have rabies. Yeah, they don't blow him away like Alexander Hamilton. (laughs) But they do sedate him. They sedate him so hard, he becomes a puppet. They sedate him. It seems like... So, later in the movie, he doesn't act sedated, it seems like. But it also seemed like they are keeping him constantly sedated is, like, the only thing they can do? Oh, yeah. He's just tired all the time. I don't know. Maybe he has to... Maybe later he has to really fucking fight his all these drugs they're giving him. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of depressing, because later we'll just see him, like, laying... Just, like, staring at it nothing. I, I don't like it. Yeah. Although I guess it is better, again, than just killing the dog. Honestly, I, I watched this and I was like, they need, it sounds silly, they need, like, an animal psychologist out here. Or, like, an animal trainer. Somebody who can say, how like, how to make this dog not do this again. Because here's the other thing, is Hoggett was right. He's like, oh, he's jealous of Babe and that's why he bit Fly. Which is a crazy notion that is such a huge leap hug it for reasons never explained seems to know about 50 percent of what is going on with in the like sociological structure of his farm he understands the pol- the politics of these farm animals yes he probably gets that ferdinand is trying to be a rooster because he doesn't want to die like hug knows some shit I, he probably does, though, is the thing. So Rex is sedated and Fly is injured. Uh, so the only person left now to herd these sheep is the pig. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he's really good at it. Right, because he doesn't have to, like, excuse the pun. He doesn't have to, like, hound him. <laughs> he just, like, he just, like, tells him where to go. The only downside is... Somebody is always messing with Hoggett's sheep. Yeah, man. If it's not, if it's not fucking Horace and Jasper, it's fucking these <laughs> feral dogs. It's just it's fucking wild Cujo, dogs man. roaming the countryside, Holy killing sheep. Shit. Apparently, they are attacking the shit out of these sheep in a scene that is very distressing to watch. Yep. And although it, it did make me feel kind of good when Babe beats the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah, Babe, like. Sir tackles um and babe this very like pretty small pig even for like a pet pig this is a pretty small pig who who is also like the whole time so soft spoken just like headbutts on like a wild boar and scares him off which honestly I believe that's possible of a pig oh yeah easily but not this pig <laughs> this pig is a little too runty but I get do you it. know like, it's... it's not possible for a pig to do. Inflict the kind of wounds that have been inflicted on Ma. To fucking slit from ear to ear this <laughs> sheep's throat. Oh my god. Like, there is just like... Okay, like, so Ma dies. and that's Ma is dead. That's really unfortunate and it's sad. It's very sad. 
But what's fucking weird is Hoggett shows up and is like, oh, I guess the, kid, the, the pig killed my sheep. And he's like, again, he, he plays it really well. He's like stoically bad about it. There's a rule. I don't know if you know this, but for some reason I know this. Among shepherds, there is a rule that if an animal kills a sheep, you have to kill that animal. Yeah, because you can't. That, that just can't happen again. You can't take the risk. Yes. But it's pig. He does not have those kind of teeth. And uh, we, uh, we, I also, something else is that I don't know whose decision this was. Mm-hmm. Babe starts bleeding like a sheep when crying. And that was so fucking funny to me <laughs> in this very emotional scene. But it was so funny that I just started laughing in the middle of it. Like, who did this? Why? Like, why can't she just scream no? <laughs> like Darth Vader. <laughs> Yep, he should have done that. And let me tell you what, though. Arthur Hoggett does not take no shit because he immediately grabs a double barrel shotgun to kill this pig, which is a little bit of overkill. Loads both barrels, too. Yeah, right? Like, he's this pig <laughs> this is going pig to become dust. <laughs> this pig is going to be like the kid from fucking Pet Cemetery. He's going <laughs> to cease to exist. He, Why? In, 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 like, a really, again, like, depressing scene... He points the gun at the pig, and the narrator's like, the pig remembered back when he was a kid, and he would get milk out of something that kind of looked like this. So he was happy. He was <laughs> like, this Jesus. is awesome. And so he's just pointing this gun at him, and, like, taking too long to shoot him, because he doesn't want to shoot him. Because he doesn't want to shoot this pig. Until his wife calls him, and is like, wow, apparently there's wild hounds around. Hey, why do you, what are you doing with that gun? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. She must think that Which, he's going crazy, right? Because Here's the thing. Here's the fucking thing. I remember the what are you doing with that gun nothing scene from when I was a kid. When I watched it this time, I thought to myself, if somebody ever tells you they're doing nothing with a gun, they're planning on killing you. Don't walk away right now. Or themselves, in which case, also, don't walk away right now. Either way, you get rid of the gun. I feel like you really shouldn't use a shotgun for that. But simultaneous to Arthur not wanting to shoot this pig is, uh, for no reason, because it doesn't pertain to the rest of the movie, Fly runs to the sheep and is begging them to please tell her what happened. Mm -hmm. As if she's going to go back and give a thorough police report to Arthur (laughs) Hoggett to save this pig. What I thought was going to happen was I thought Fly was going to, like, run into the barn it was or, like, the murder room and, like, sit in front of the gun or something. Yeah, right. Or just cover the pig with her whole body. Yeah. Like, if you're going to shoot, babe, you're going to have to shoot me. And Arthur would have been like, oh, if Fly doesn't think the pig did it, then I can't shoot the pig. But no, none of that happens. Yeah, because Fly can't talk to Hoggett. There are ways of doing it, though. Like, we've seen enough animal... We've seen Balto. <laughs> you know what? We've seen this movie, where Babe got Hoggett to go save those sheep. Oh, yeah. It's not crazy, actually. In the universe they've established, it could have happened. He still hasn't named the pig. Yeah, dude, his name's Pig. Why are you like It's this? not a name. You can't call your dog, dog. We're just gonna cut to when Hoggett's watching this weird thing on TV. What is it that he's watching? So his wife... His wife leaves... And leaves him with, like, food for three days or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he fucking... So he the, his wife leaves and the cat scratches the pig. And the cat gets put outside for a while. Get owned for a while. This cat is ugly. This is a very what, ugly what I cat. like is the narrator telling you, this is a fucked cat. Like, this cat sucks. <laughs> 
the narrator's like, there are good cats and bad cats. This is a bad cat. <laughs> Fuck this cat. Fuck this fucking cat, is what the narrator says. Later, Hoggett and Babe and Fly are all sitting in front of the TV. And I, like, paused here because this was the craziest thing to me. It is a performance of something called Cantique de Jean Racine. Racine is a French religious song. For some reason, sung here by two women dressed in white wearing flower crowns. It is, it's genuinely beautiful. It's fucking wild. I don't get it. it. In this movie. I don't know, like, why he's just sitting here watching it in the dark. I don't know what's happening. Is this what he does? I guess. Is he just watches these, like, operatic compositions? Frankly, Arthur Hoggett is a fascinating character that we don't know nearly enough about. (laughs) He's the most interesting character. It's a real shame he doesn't do anything in the next movie. Oh, it really is. I would have liked more of him, of James Cromwell. So the cat, who doesn't like Babe because Babe got her kicked out of the house, shows up and apologizes and then asks Babe if he knows why he's here. And Babe says, why are any of us here? And like, damn, though, right? Which, deep, man. Seriously, why why am I watching this movie? (laughs) Seven o'clock at night by myself it's for a podcast andy fucking pay attention um, <laughs> mm, doesn't make me feel better <laughs> <laughs> so this fucking she, she tells she tells them that like humans eat pigs that's what they do more specifically they eat ham which is what they call a pig after they've killed it he, right. which he says which is is fucked up babe starts freaking out and on one hand i get it on the other hand, you fucking knew it. What was even the point of sitting in front of the window watching them eat a duck if part of that wasn't, it could have been you? Seriously, Ferdinand has been telling you this whole time, dog, you gotta get out of here because we're gonna get eaten someday. And the puppies? And, like, ev- everybody. It's, it's... The horse, the cows. People have been saying it the whole time. It's, it hasn't been a secret. And then he goes to fly and says, do they eat pigs? And she's like, yeah. Like, it's been a secret. Uh, He does ask a very depressing question, which is, so my mom and all of my siblings. And the answer is, yeah, they're all dead now. And, like, that sucks a lot. No chance. You are the longest living of your family. You're the last of your line. (laughs) The bloodline ends with you, babe. (laughs) So, babe has this crisis, and he goes out to... I guess he's running away to... The city? No, he's running away to die. He's basically running away to die. I don't think he made that decision. I think he's not good at running away because, like, why would he be? So so they found him. They found him. He's He's got a cold. The vet says it's just a cold, and he, he doesn't know why he's not eating anything because a pig should, like, always be eating something. And it's because he's depressed. <laughs> and I think Arthur gets why he's depressed. Again, Arthur seems to get about 50% of what's happening. Which, I need to stress, is a huge percentage. It's a lot. It's more than most people. Like, he, like, Caesar Milan is a dog whisperer, and he gets by with about 25%, right? And a bunch <laughs> of bullshit animal theory that isn't true. But Holy shit. <laughs> oh, he subscribes to that whole alpha dog shit. Oh, does you he know? really? Yeah. That's, that's, like, actually, that's actually super a bummer. It's fucking horseshit, man. We get to the weirdest scene in the movie okay <laughs> I, I i just think this scene is really weirdly framed it's a little weirdly framed again i kind of dig this song they bring it back a few times what the hell is it 
If I had words. If I had words, yeah. A 1978 hit song. Okay. So I did a quick Google search at this point to see if pigs responded to music. And I couldn't find it. Science has failed. I know dogs don't really respond to music. I don't think people really care if pigs respond to music. That's the problem. Cats don't respond to music. You can make music for cats that cats will respond to. But cats don't respond to human music. You know who does? Birds. Which makes sense, because people like bird music, so it makes sense that birds would like people music. Mm-hmm. I don't know if pigs respond to music. Well, I don't think Rex would respond to music. Are you kidding? He's all doped up. <laughs> and deaf. Oh, right. Which we find out later in the big twist of the, of this movie. So, yeah, in this scene, Hoggett sings... Andy, what was that song that, I, that you if just I said? Have, if, I, if I had words. If I had words. Hoggett sings if I, if I had words to babe. In an effort to, like, I don't know, cheer him up or connect with him. He just starts dancing, and man, does he dance. He, he fucking jigs, man. He goes hard. Go big or go home. That's what Arthur Hoggett says to himself in the mirror. He works and lives at home, so it's sort of a weird thing to say, because he's already at home, and he's not leaving. Although he does go pretty hard. He does go pretty hard. And at the end of the scene, all the animals are staring at him, and he gets embarrassed, which is a little weird. <laughs> Well, again, he's he's operating in that 50% understanding. He yes. knows that they're judging him in a small corner of his brain. Yeah. But then he looks over and this fucking rude-ass pig left in the middle of his jig. <laughs> didn't even wait for it to finish to get some food. I guess Impolite, I didn't think of it babe. like that. <laughs> he, he did all of this for you. And what do you do? And Arthur Hoggett's just glad that his pig is feeling better. Oh, and we're getting there. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of this movie. We are. Uh, we've been fighting it. A little bit earlier than this, Arthur did sign his pig up for the sheepdog competition, which he did, it seems, primarily because he knew his wife was out of town. But he, it, the, the narrator points out that Arthur Huggett is a very honest man, and had mm-hmm. the form said name of dog, he would not have t- submitted the pig. But it said name of contestant. Yes. And he checked all of the rule books. Oh, I, I actually have that note a little later. We've also ruled that your pig can play basketball. Yeah, this is the true sequel to Airbud. This is the sequel I want. I don't want more Airbud. I want other animals doing competitions that they clearly don't belong in. <laughs> so Arthur takes Babe to the sheepdog convention. There are no lights. <laughs> uh, and maybe my favorite scene because it's such a weird moment. Arthur brings Babe to the sheepdog competition and like people are like, no, that's not a dog. And they go to review the rules in the fucking darkest place. Like they're meeting a mob boss. It really does. And these judges walk out like their mob bosses. Like, Arthur, you've been good to us these past couple of years. You're respected in this community. <laughs> Why would you do this? They got to stay the, anonymous. It's the day of my mother's wedding. <laughs> Your mother's wedding? My, my daughter's wedding. No, let's stick with the first one. <laughs> My mother's wedding. Everybody knows that the Don is particularly happy at his mother's wedding. <laughs> at his mother. I, I love my ma and, I, and all of my stepdads who died under mysterious circumstances, <laughs> bequeathing all of their riches to my mother and me, her son. <laughs> <laughs> this is no longer a Don. This is just like an asshole murderer. <laughs> Who happens to be Italian. 
I feel like that's just what a Don is, an asshole murderer who happens to be Italian. He's just, he's just, this is just like a weird dude who keeps killing his dad. His mom could be in on it, although it would be funnier if she wasn't. It probably fucking would be. Oh, man. Okay. So these, these sheep don't talk to babe. They're just not interested. They don't have a repertoire. So Rex has an idea. Yeah, and it is interesting for Rex in that I think it shows his loyalty to Hoggett is he wants his pig to succeed because he couldn't do it and he wants like Hoggett to succeed is I feel like the way it's supposed to be framed I know because when pig when pig when babe runs away fly goes to Rex to help her look for him and Rex is like all right go get Hoggett so he definitely cares for the pig because he cares for Hoggett right but I think at this point, we're supposed to believe that he just really likes the kid. So we get my favorite two lines in this movie at this point when Rex is running back to the pasture, mm-hmm. which is we have these guys like doing so they're fixing an electrical cable. Oh, because the power went out earlier in the movie. Oh, continuity. So like these it. guys are are fixing the electrical cables. <laughs> it's and... like the Marvel movies. <laughs> and one of the dudes is like, hey, that dog's in a hurry. Come on, Dick, I got a beer and a TV waiting. (laughs) Like, those lines just happen for no reason. We didn't need them, but we got them. Okay. (laughs) I just just love this ADR line. Hey, that dog's in a hurry. We know. (laughs) I, the viewer, know. (laughs) To be fair, most of the lines are ADR lines. There's a lot of ADR in this movie. Rex goes and meets the sheep cult. Yeah, he meets the sheep. The sheep give him a secret password. After he says he's going to be nicer, and he admits that he can't hear. And that he won't bite him as much. He won't bite him as much. Although he doesn't say he'll do it, he just says he'll try. You know what, try and that's all anybody can do, Andy. And he's really weaseling his way around these terms, is what I'm saying. And so they give him this, uh, this, this secret phrase. This chant, this incantation. Which is like, Ba-Ram, Ba-Ram you, Ba-Ram you, something, something, sheep family bullshit. You remembered a lot more of it than I than I did, so. It's a weird, it, it does feel culty. It's like a secret <laughs> phrase that all sheep know, apparently. He's like, great. He runs back to baby, gets on the, um. The repairman's truck, he just yeah. hops on the back. And, uh, tells, tells babe the secret password. And then babe, like, perfectly herds the sheep. So this scene is <laughs> I love amazing. This scene. It is the quietest I think any movie has ever been, and it has to. It, to me, it's the first scene that was written because it's. It, it feels like the whole movie's leading up to this moment. Well, this this scene where he's hurting the sheep is it's really great to look at, you know. And you and you're right. The atmosphere is good. Everything's perfectly silent. The scene right after that is fucking ludicrous. It is. I love it. Shout out to the people hugging when the pig perfectly herded some sheep. What are your fucking lives like? This pig saved our marriage. What did this pig overcome that you need to hug someone right now? This sheep fixed racism and fixed our marriage. It gets even crazier at the beginning of the next movie. But my favorite part is the ending of this movie where God shines a light on Arthur Hoggett. (laughs) (laughs) Just illuminates his face while he looks down and he says to this pig, that'll do, pig. That'll do. Cut. We're done. End movie. Circle wipe. Some chipmunks are singing. We're out of here. It's solid. It's a solid movie. Babe, pig in the city. 
1998. Directed, produced, and written by George Miller. This movie is 96 minutes long, which puts it, I think, at the same length. Oh, no, it's four minutes longer than the first movie. Well, they just had more story to tell, Andy. They had so much more story to tell. (laughs) Too much, some would say. Some might say that. There are some. I would call them fools and liars who would say they had, quote, too much, unquote, story to tell. Some would say that they didn't tell enough story. That's what I would say. There is more world here that we could have had. (laughs) This is... It's not that weird a movie. In that I've... Meaning that I've seen much weirder sequels. Definitely. This movie takes place in a crazy place. Parts of it feel like a Lemony Snicket book. Yes! Parts of it feel like Return to Oz. It's got like a weird dark cabaret vibe. It's, it's, it's a movie that has a clear sense of what it wants to be, but what it wants to be is so odd. Mm-hmm. So three years is a pretty quick turnaround for a sequel, I think. Especially when you need 40 pigs. Yeah, so it feels to me really like they didn't they, they didn't expect for this movie to be a hit, but as soon as it was confirmed, they just immediately got on the sequel. Mm. It doesn't feel rushed. It does pick up immediately after the, where the last one left off. Mm-hmm. And so apparently part of the reason why James Cromwell doesn't have a bigger, a bigger role in the next movie is because uh, he didn't get along with the director oh, of no. this movie. So George Miller didn't direct the first movie. It was directed by some other guy. But George Miller wanted to direct the first movie. Okay. And he got into a lot of arguments with the director, who James Cromwell got along with. And because James Cromwell stood up for the guy, George Miller just didn't like him. Oh, that's a real bummer. So it's very much one of those things of like, once he was given the reins, he mitigated James, uh, Arthur Hoggett's role, which is a shame because he's great. <laughs> and I wanted more of him. I really also wanted more of him. I also thought it was very weird that the first thing he did is like beat the shit out of Arthur Hoggett. And he really beats the shit out of him. One of my first notes, it's actually my second note, because my first note, uh, you know what? Yeah, immediately. Are we going to talk about this plane? At the very beginning of the movie, we are introduced to a huge level of pomp. Why? Is Babe a hero? I, like I said, man, Babe won this sheepdog competition and like cured racism. <laughs> right? Or maybe cancer. Some he must have there must have been something else that happened that he did that was amazing because all I remember him doing was hurting some sheep. sheep. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody fucking loves him. It makes sense that this is New Zealand, right? Because, because they're all, all about the sheep. sheep. In the very beginning, if this scene wasn't here, and it was like, oh, the pig's famous because of that thing he did when he herded some sheep, I would have thought, yeah, okay, I could see a pig getting kind of famous for something like that. But the fact that he is brought home on a parade float. (laughs) There are two planes in the sky (laughs) in terrible CGI writing out the word champ starting in the middle and working their way out. Oh, I so forgot that see, about that. So that we get to see a nice big ham in the sky. <laughs> First. 
There's a fucking farmer in overalls playing a violin. Shout out to that guy. He's been waiting for this day. But then James Cromwell dies. <laughs> That's my second note. My second note was, did Hockett just die? Because what happens to him? He like, he like fall. So he's in this well. He like needs to replace the pump in the well. And, and what, what ensues while he's replacing the pump is like a wily coyote cartoon of death. Because Babe knocks some rocks off of the well and the rocks yep. fall down and, and he slips and he lands onto the pump and now the pump's too heavy and it shoots Arthur Hoggett upward and he hits his knee also, just, on the just pump. Looking back, there's no way the amount of weight that the pig adds adds so much that he would shoot up, right? Because it would need to weigh significantly more than Arthur at that point. Tony, are you telling me that this talking pig movie has bad physics? Because you're right, it does. They're terrible. I was going to say, it's honestly not the issue with the talking pig movie I thought I would have. (laughs) And there are a lot of issues we could have had with this movie, but this movie... Actually, come to think of it later, there are a lot of really bad physics. Yeah, yeah, this movie has a lot of bad physics. So, yeah, this thing, like, crashes, shoots Hoggett up. He, like, he, he, like, breaks some fingers on the way up. Because his hand, like, gets lodged into the, the, the pulley. Right. Then he falls back down, and then when he falls back down, it brings that engine thing back up, and then that falls on top of him. That hits him in the head. So this guy has got, like, a fractured knee, a broken leg, a broken hand, and a skull fracture. Like, he's And also, dead. he's, like, floating he's... in a... <laughs> in a well. In a well. How is he alive? He's dead. Uh so in the next scene, we learn pretty immediately that he's not dead, which is good. Yeah, really. This movie had about two seconds to let us know he wasn't dead, and they barely made it. And <laughs> again, just another like casually depressing scene. He like reaches out with his broken ass hand and pets Babe's head. <laughs> and yeah, this scene is depressing. But I want to go back for a second. Could you imagine if this movie was like 127 hours, but with a pig and a broken man in a well? <laughs> if that was just what this movie became. And then in the last two seconds of the movie, they go to a city. Man, you cut out. They could have done anything in the last two seconds of that movie. <laughs> well, they go to a city. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was oh. just thinking, I would have loved that. Do you know what I watched recently? Um... My dinner with Andre. Uh huh. I didn't like it. That's a documentary. No, it's it's a weird experimental movie. the The plot is like there's two people they haven't gotten together for dinner. One of them at some point kind of went crazy in the way that like rich white guys go crazy, mm-hmm. which is like sort of lost touch with reality and decided that what he needed to do was travel the world. And this other guy. He's like a an actor, sort of uh, consistently down on his luck. And this guy helped him out real early on. And he's like, I heard a ton of stories and don't want to go meet with Andre. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he decides to. And, and it ends up being just about these two guys at a dinner for about two hours talking about life. I didn't particularly care for it. I think it's a great concept for a movie that you can only do once. Yeah, I would have loved Hoggett, the dude who never talks talking with this pig for about 96 minutes while waiting for an ambulance to come. 
losing grips on his sanity because he got that head fracture. Yeah. So he hears Babe talking back to him. This could be great. This could have been great. Uh, but Babe 3, man, pig in a well. So. <laughs> or sorry, no. Well to do pig. Boom. Nailed it. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, okay. 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 So. So. Okay. At this point, Mrs. Hoggett is up. doing. Well, because Mrs. Hoggett's doing all of the farm work, and we find out that she has the strength of, like, ten men. And also has apparently never worked on a farm somehow? Because <laughs> that's definitely not how you bail hay. No, but I guess I guess she can. <laughs> she can do it that way. It's just that, like, she's also a farmer, right? I mean, she married a farmer. She's had to have done some farm work at some point. Yeah. Well, she makes jam. But but what comes across is that she doesn't. she's not very good at this. Or she's out of practice or something. And then the bankers show up. And they're going to lose the farm. They're going to lose the farm. What can they do? Well, They pack up their bags and they go to a showing somewhere in the world that will pay them money to show up with their sheep herding pig. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's some sheep dog thing. And it'll look good. And they'll just give them some money. And all the pig has to do is herd some sheep. Be perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, only problem is Arthur can't come. Because he's all broken. So she has to go. Well, these two other people take care of him in the farm, I guess? Yeah, who were not... The daughter and son from the, the first the, movie. The daughter and son-in-law, yeah. They're just two people. Just two people. Maybe they were friends, or maybe one of them is like a stay-at-home nurse or something. Or maybe they're neighbors. Something, yeah. They get on a plane. Mm-hmm. We get an amazing shot that I really like where the camera like zooms through this plane's baggage hole onto Babe. Yeah, and and he's singing that song from the last movie. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good little scene. We immediately come into a much more depressing scene again. I guess depressing isn't quite the word. It's played for laughs in a way that I'm not sure it earns them. Yeah. So Babe meets this um bomb sniffing dog or drug sniffing dog. It's a drug sniffing dog. And they get into a conversation, and the drug-sniffing dog... His name is Snoop, which is great, because he's a fucking narc. Because <laughs> he's a fucking narc. Uh, says that uh, all he needs to do is howl, and they'll give him a bunch of treats and stuff. And so he wants to show Babe, so he howls. And so now everybody is certain that this little old lady is smuggling drugs on her pig. It sort of made me wonder if the idea of a random woman and a pig strip searched was funnier pre 9-11. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Is I think in 1995, the joke is just, oh man, these DEA agents are crazy. But post just in the world we live in, it's not crazy. It's like shit like that has happened. Last time I went on a plane, they x-rayed me. Yeah. Which they I shouldn't mean, fucking be able to do. But they do it. So like that wasn't funny. That was really depressing. And they miss their uh, they miss their appointment. They're connect. They're, they miss their connecting flight, and there's no outbound flights for like a week. Yeah, they have to stay at a, at a hotel. She starts calling hotels and is very forthcoming about having a pig, which she didn't have to be. Yeah, I wondered. I sort of wondered because I was like, I would not be that forthcoming. I would just say, "Do you allow pets?" Maybe I wouldn't even say that if it was like a motel and I could just enter without ever speaking to the person in front for sure it made me wonder if it was supposed to be like a continuation of the idea that like arthur hoggett and his wife are just really honest people yeah yeah so none of the hotels accept her and mm -hmm. she gets kicked out of the airport which is insane to me because they took her carrier for the pig 
Yeah, she is really absolutely being jerked around in a way that I assume she could sue them. Uh, yeah, like they're for really sure. Just... Also, I think anybody could probably hang around at an airport for any amount of time. Well, there's like a whole movie about a dude who lives in an airport, the terminal. I mean, I have been in an airport for like eight hours, which is like most of the day that you're awake for. Mm -hmm. And like nobody even looked at me twice. I guess they kicked her out because she was carrying a, a pig like a baby, but still. As they're leaving this hotel, this uh, janitor gives them a note that says, go to this hotel. They'll they'll accept you. They'll accept you there. Mm -hmm. And at this point, the narrator kicks in and is like, this guy who helped them, they'll never see him again. But he just really likes pigs. And he never knew why. And then he turns around and it's like, oh, he's got a pig face. Yep. This joke will happen again. It will in a way that is funnier than this time. It, yeah, it, it really actually lands a lot better the second time. I guess because so much shit had happened by then. <laughs> yeah. At this at this hotel, they meet a woman who asks and answers all of her own questions. This was the moment that I was like, oh, this is a Lemony Snicket character. She's Aunt Josephine. She's very Aunt Josephine. This woman has to be one of the greatest character actors I've seen in a long time. She is amazing. <laughs> she has a lot of screen presence i think compared to everyone else in this movie um and it doesn't help that she's insanely tall compared to mrs hoggett she is in a way that like seems like they did it on purpose in a sort of abbott and costello way yeah yeah you know that's it's uh in a in a timon and pumba way yeah like a like a really thin willowy woman next to like a like a short thicker woman Mm -hmm. In a Buzz and Woody kind of way. In a Buzz and Woody kind of way, yep. They, they kind of have Buzz and Woody vibes. They of really those, do as the movie goes on. Of those three examples we gave, they're kind of Buzz and Woody. Yeah, you know, there's a tall, anxious one that talks a lot, and then mm -hmm. the smaller, angry one who takes charge and does the thing. Not until a little bit later, though. Actually, not until the end of the movie do we get to see that. Yeah, for for the for the most part, she's kind of just very polite until she just has enough with this fucking city, <laughs> which we don't get a really good look at. But for for at this point, looks kind of like Venice. <sighs> it does. <laughs> it looks kind of like Venice right now, and I'm like, cool. We're like in sort of Venice, Europe? Question mark. The front of the hotel looks like Venice. I guess we'll see the rest of the city in a second. <laughs> this oh, fucking man. city so she gets into uh, this hotel and she brought a photo of arthur with her <laughs> like a framed photo yep and then we get to see the most multicultural city i have ever seen <laughs> this city has the golden gate bridge the hollywood sign the statue of liberty the empire state building the world trade center rip in peace the sydney opera house the uh christ the redeemer statue <laughs> like <laughs> and probably other shit that i didn't see oh in it had what, what's what's the one in paris oh the eiffel tower it had the eiffel tower definitely uh <laughs> <laughs> they these this city like stole every major landmark from around the world yeah, I was like, where are they? And for a second, I was like, oh, is this Vegas? And I was like, no, it's not, though. <laughs> for, like, for like not even a second. For, like, half a second, I was like, oh, it's a bunch of stolen landmarks. Is it Vegas? And then it's like, but it's not set up like they're stolen. 
Yeah, like, eventually it's just like, we're in an alternate universe. It's like how Springfield is everywhere in America. Exactly. I was expecting to, like, for at one point in the movie, the camera to pan slightly to the right and, oh, there are the pyramids. (laughs) Now where could we be in the world? (laughs) Oh, is that Mount Fuji? (laughs) And I'm dead. So, Mrs. Hoggett has to go... Make a long-distance phone call, which she has to do from out of the hotel because it'll charge him money. Because it is 1998. So, Babe goes wandering, like you do. Like you do. And he meets some characters who I wrote down as monkey mobsters. Yes. They actually, as as the movie goes on, feel less like mobsters, but in this moment, they seem like monkey mobsters. There is a, uh, it seems like three chimps. There's three chimps. Oh, he's not just wandering. The the the, the spider monkey. monkey stole something from him. Yeah, I forget what it was. It was the suitcase. It was the it was the Mrs. Thought still the suitcase. entire suitcase. Okay. Yeah, that's not usually what a monkey steals in a movie. But okay. <laughs> what do they normally steal? Like jewelry or something. Like, like something small the and then run away with it. Mrs. Hoggett doesn't have jewelry. <laughs> Although to be fair, these monkeys are down on their luck. Yeah. So um. And then there was one where I was like, oh, hey, it's King Louie. Oh, yeah, the orangutan, who had, who's called Thelonious. He is called Thelonious. Which is such a cool name. Mm-hmm. And then their owner, I guess, walks in. A character whose name is, I sincerely believe, Uncle Fugly. Yes. And it's- Babe is kidnapped by Uncle Fugly. Yes. For reasons that make no sense. Well, Uncle Fugly wants to use the pig in his act. Yes, exactly once, and then put him back. Which begs the question, why did you need to steal him? Also, when you have four primates, actually four primates and a monkey, there is no reason to add a pig. Yeah, I mean, I get the, we see the gag later, which is the monkey, Thelonious is a butler, and the other chimpanzees are like a family, and he serves them food, and he opens up the tray, and oh, it's a pig's head. Great bit. I'm sure it was worth stealing this pig. That's the thing, it's, it's like, it's not a bad bit at all. It's really weird to steal a pig for it. (laughs) Because the other thing is, he then puts it back. He doesn't want the pig. He just wanted it that one time. The pig is promised a reward that we find out later is completely fake. No reward. Yes, but he's promised it not by Fugly. He's promised it by the monkeys. Yeah, by so, the monkeys. Oh, while this is happening, Mrs. Hoggett goes to get Babe because Uncle Fugly told her that he had run off out the door. And so she is searching the town and gets into some Return to Oz style antics with some Return to Oz style villains. These guys look like they walked straight out of a movie where they get beat up by Arnold Schwarzenegger in a mall. Like they're skating around on their skates. These like weird skater guys. And she was yelling pig, you know, looking for a pig. And so now the cops hate her. And she throws these dudes into some cops, gets covered in what I at first thought was water, but then thought was KY jelly. I think but it's now glue. I think is glue. Yeah, I forget who was gluing what. I think it was a billboard. Was yeah, there like maybe. a billboard thing going. It was a billboard that I remember now. It was a billboard with the woman's face on it, and all it said was "more." <laughs> really Dang. get that art in this movie. So yeah, she's arrested. Hella arrested. I gotta love Wikipedia here because 
Wikipedia says, Miss Saget look, leaves to look for Babe but is arrested after causing an uproar with some hooligan skaters. And then it has a link to hooliganism. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Wikipedia. Speaking of hooliganism, Babe started a fire. Babe starts a fire in what I think is like an orphanage or like a kid's cancer research center. It is, yeah, it's a hospital, definitely. And this Ooh. is the fault of the guy who decided to use both live animals and fire in a show at a children's hospital. And also, this hospital might be attached to the local pound. And so, he doesn't die here. No, he doesn't. But he does is die in the next also scene. Weird. Yes, he's carted off to the hospital in the next scene, which is really weird because I guess they need to get pay- Babe back, but why does he die? We don't know. He definitely is dead, though, because we never see him again. He's not dead. Actually, he he does he does die. He's not dead yet because he needs to be clinging onto life. So what's her face leaves? Oh right, right. Uh, what is her name? I don't know. I thought you were going to ask what is her. I face. think she, she's just called Miss Flume. Okay. And he and he is her uncle. Not even her dad. Like her uncle. Mm-hmm. And they really love animals because they have a ton of animals in this movie. They got monkeys. They got dogs. They got Here's the thing. Operatic cats. You know, the cats are not really explained. They just sing. That's the, the dogs thing that I they get. do. The singing cats, I don't. So now the hotel is empty, I guess. With Except no for guests all of these owner. fucking animals. It's like she left her hotel with tons of animals in it with nobody else there. But also, this was when I realized that none of these other animals have been brought in by guests. They're just like also here, which is really weird. She's like an, she's like running an underground animal sanctuary. You know, I bet if she worked for it, she could just get it into a, to be an official animal sanctuary. Well, she does at the end of the movie. No, she just sells it. Does she? They take all those animals out to the farm. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I I don't understand how this movie this movie's ending happens at like a lightning pace. You don't remember the very end when uh. I know that there was like a rave party, but I thought it was like an animal rave party. No, you don't. You don't remember when Felonius is giving Mrs. Hoggett her uh, her pins? Yeah, but I thought some of the animals went back to New Zealand. No, all the animals went back to New Zealand, which I oh, guess was a fucking trip when you stop and think about it. Yeah, that's like twenty animals. This movie's very animal heavy. There must have been a lot of people on set to handle that. He goes to the hospital. She leaves to care by his side at this point the chimps decide that they're gonna steal some food because they're hungry and they use babe as a as a sacrificial lamb yeah so i want to mention something all of these animals need to learn about how easy it is to steal from dumpsters animals steal from dumpsters all the time but for some fucking reason i don't think there are any dumpsters in the city <laughs> there probably aren't this is a weirdly clean city because it's like a weird it's like operating under this totalitarian regime run by the uh, animal control who gets so much money for their building that I guess has like six other things in it? I don't get it. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, like, they're... all these animals are really hungry. And it's like, steal from a trash can or something. People don't care. Go behind a butcher shop. There has to be some restaurant somewhere throwing away food or with like a particularly horny Italian dude willing to give dogs meatballs. <laughs> right like it has if there's a city anywhere in the world it would be this one that seems to be every if city there's in the a world. city anywhere in the world they'll give there's a guy who will just give dogs meatballs you just have to look 
He'll sing you a little serenade and encourage you to fuck. But they steal candy, which is like, it's nothing. I don't even think that actual chimpanzees would want candy because it doesn't look like food, really. It's It doesn't look like food. It's jelly beans, right? It's, they definitely complain about it later, but it's like, Doc, you could have stolen better food. Yeah. You could have, like, gone to a sandwich shop, the ones that sell those, like, 50-foot-long sandwiches. Sure, because they just sell those at the shop. I mean, they do. Do they, though? Don't you have to special order those? I mean, you have to special order them, but it's a movie. Somebody could have special ordered one, and it's just there. Also, I'm sorry. I have, again, brought (laughs) real-world logic into this movie where it does not deserve to be. Yeah. That's on me. That's my fault. They could have stolen a giant sandwich. You're right. It would have made the conclusion of this sequence much less depressing. Yeah, they send Babe to distract a pit bull and a Rottweiler. Although the only reason those two dogs seem to go off on him is because he's there. So I don't think he was really that necessary for a distraction. Yeah, because they just sneak in, right? The dogs don't even know that they exist. So it really just seemed like they just wanted to kill this pig. I mean, maybe they did. They blame him for the death of Fugly Flume. That's probably his full name, isn't it? So. It is on the Wikipedia. Babe gets chased by these dogs. This sort of, um. Very long chase scene. A a very long chase scene that sort of ends up getting the attention of every other dog in the city. And cat. Ends up with the pit bull drowning well he's like so he's like hanging from a chain Mm -hmm. the the chain around his collar is like wrapped around his leg and stuck on the banister of a bridge overlooking like a riviera right Mm -hmm. but only his head is in the water and that is some straight up torture shit yeah it's 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 really brutal. And it, this entire building full of animals is just watching it happen. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing a goddamn thing. Later in the scene, he'll, Babe will be like, should I have left you to die? And he's like, so many would have or something. And it's like, <laughs> fucking why? Many did. What did you? And, and he, he goes on. The, he has the best line in this movie where, what does he say? Thank you, Peg. No, no, after, before <laughs> that, he says, uh, a murderous shard lies dark inside my soul, which is like, what are you talking about? You're a dog. I could not. Okay, so I didn't really like oh, any of his lines because he sort of casually perpetuated the stereotype that pit bulls are monsters. Same. Instead of like super adorable, weird looking dogs. Incredibly sweet animals. They're, they're really fantastic. Really weird faces. The one thing they do is um, they're really bad at walking, as far as I can tell. Because their legs are all weird. When they're on a leash, they'll just, like, stop and be like, I'm done. But they won't, like, turn around like, I want to go back. They'll just stop because I guess they're also kind of dumb. <laughs> I don't know where I am. But basically, he establishes, like, a... like the, Babe saves this dog, and they establish, <laughs> like, a, a very short-lived constitutional monarchy. So I guess he saved, like, the meanest dog, and everybody fucking knows. And so as soon as this dog is saved, he's like, okay, we're all gonna listen to what the pig has to say. Everybody else is like, oh, okay, I guess. Including, like, Thelonious. Who is an orangutan and could fuck some dog shit up. Although the reason he might be going along with this is because he's so sad about the loss of, um... Of Fugly. Of Fugly, who he calls himself. Yeah, himself. 
The monkeys have a really odd way of speaking that is very King Louis in its cadence. They share all of the food. Which is basically one jar of jelly beans for a lot of animals. And obviously all of these animals are not happy about it. They want Mm. more food. So they start getting into an argument about it. And we get what I think is the craziest thing that could be said in a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. Which is the dog with the dog wheelchair. What do you call that? The, I don't know. He's got like a dog. It's not a wheelchair because it's not a chair. But yeah, he's like got a like dog. a... It's one of those things... It, it like attaches to his hips because his legs won't stay under him. Yeah. He straight up yells at this other cat that he's arguing with. Watch it, pussy. And that made it into the movie. <laughs> into this kid's movie. He just says it. There, There's no like... like car driving by nothing he just says it 1998 was a different time but before they can finish arguing mm-hmm. god man this movie's a fucking soap opera things just keep happening the yep. female chimpanzee is pregnant and bam she just had kids yes indeed and technically it's babe's fault that at this moment they're all found yeah because babe starts fucking singing uh if i had words mm-hmm. this fucking anthem of peace and then everyone joins in, and over at the next house down, they're like, there are about a million animals in there, just screaming. And we're gonna call animal control. The animal control people are both sort of remarkably efficient and terrible at their jobs. Amazing how they managed to get this done in the span of what seems like 10 minutes, uh, while also being completely irresponsible, not safe. There's a moment where one of them is trying to grab the female chimpanzee and the male chimpanzee jumps on him. And I wrote down, a male chimpanzee chimpanzee will tear off your face and then eat it. That guy is fucking dead. There is not a world in which that guy isn't dead. But mm-hmm. all he sorted it was like run into him because it's a kid's movie. <laughs> they get They get all the monkeys. They get every animal in a scene that feels very much like... Uh... Like a prison raid. Yeah. And the only animals that escape are the little dog in the wheel. The wheelchair, yeah. The wheelchair, whose name is Spartan. Spartan? I think his name is Spartan. Oh. Oh, great name. No, but he didn't escape. He was specifically, in the fucking, like, craziest part, thrown off of the thing. Like, oh, we don't need a handicapped dog. Oh, my God. Oh, his name is Fleelick. Flealick. Yes. 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 Okay. I don't know who Spartan is. I think Spartan is one of the is the dog that chased him. I don't know. Oh yes, it's probably that sounds like his name. It's probably the pitbull. Yeah, like this guy like picked up this dog because he was like biting his leg. He like picked him up and like tossed him. It, it was such like the weirdest thing to see. Like this is supposed to be an animal control guy. I don't think that most animal control guys get into it for the violence against animals. Well, I mean, it's because in this movie, they're not animal control people. They're cops. Yeah, fucking cops. It just so happens that they're animal cops. Animal cops. Well, that's also like an Animal Planet TV show. And those guys don't get into it for the uh, for violence the against animals no, they're either. Into for, they're into it for being on Animal Planet, I guess. <laughs> this is gonna di- this is gonna be it. This is gonna make me. I remember watching that when I was a kid, and it was a bunch of like really depressing stories about animal abuse. And I think they were on it to take down people who were abusing animals. And I can get behind that. Yeah, I can get behind that too. So Flelix left behind. Babe is left behind because he jumped out a window. He th- and he 
drags uh, and the chimpanzee helps him throw the guy out the out into yes. the river. No, not the chimpanzee, the monkey. The monkey. Because the monkey the gets chi- away too, I believe. The capuchin monkey, yes. Yes. And uh and Ferdinand, who we didn't mention, but he showed up. And he also fucking gets all of the cats uh, uh caught too with his fucking allergies. Find another place to hide, asshole. Hey, we forgot to mention Ferdinand had cat allergies, because that's just like a thing. Ferdinand's in this movie. We forgot to mention that he's in this movie. We forgot to mention he was in the other movie, too, basically. Oh, yeah, he comes so. back in the last movie. He just literally falls from the sky and is like, I'm back. All my adventures. <laughs> <laughs> like rain falling through my hands. Like, nah, man. He's in this movie, too. He has this whole thing where he's in, like, a pelican's mouth, and I'm like, I've seen pelicans eat things whole, so that entire scene, I was like, that pelican's just gonna eat him. Yep. That fake pelican's gonna eat that fake duck. I did not want to see a handicapped dog get brutally killed today, and I'm oh glad I didn't. Oh my god, we got really close though. To the point where, like, okay, so so Felix like grabs onto the what do you grab onto like a mud like flap? A mud flap? Yeah, yeah, and he's like dragged behind the fucking truck, and like he is he's between the wheels. The only reason he's caught up at all is because yeah, the wheels are spinning and he's not on his feet at all. And then it makes like a sharp turn and he is like thrown off to the side and he like sees dog heaven. He is he sees dog heaven and he sh- like he like removed himself from his wheelchair and is running around in the pasture. And I was like so depressed. I was like I didn't want to watch a fucking dog die today because guess what? The kind of movie this and the last movie were I didn't believe for a second he was still alive. <laughs> right? Like, you're you're so willing to believe that this animal's gonna die. Because that's what I, they fucking do in these movies. The, the fact that no animals die in this movie and the only person that dies is this old man was a relief. <laughs> like, oh, thank God. My note is just like, oh, crap, he's alive. <laughs> so they make, they do this plan. All of a sudden, fucking Babe is solid snake and he's like, we're gonna break him out <laughs> one night. Like, it puts on his bandana. Like, gives, like, a slow. cigar out. Yeah, we gotta be safe. <laughs> One last job. They told me I was too old. My first thought was that this has to be the best-funded animal control center in the world. But later, it seems like it's not. And in fact, it's just connected to a children's hospital. And also, the pol- wherever they host the policeman's ball. Yeah, I think it's all one massive center, right? Like... Yes. The mayor's Louvre. Louvre. Maybe when they fused every city on Earth together. They also fused every municipal building. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which still doesn't explain the children's hospital, I guess. The, run by nuns. Yeah. Which is why I thought it was an orphanage. It's like nuns means orphanage, but they look very sick. <laughs> nuns used to do nursing like that was yeah like in the 1600s but it is unclear what year this is (laughs) no later in the movie i think later in this movie they say like a little left to the 20th century do they say that they say that but i don't know what that means they break into this animal control center which is shockingly easy for a bunch of animals to do they just break in man although they do leave flea lick to keep watch because there are stairs Oh my god, is that the reason I didn't I even notice? I think so. Like, looking back, I think it's because there are stairs. Wow, that's messed. I'm glad that, like, you know, great job for the continuity, but couldn't you find, like, a plan that involved some ramps? Later, they do take an elevator, so, like, I don't know. 
That elevator scene's amazing, though. <laughs> it's a good scene. That is a fantastic scene. But they bust everybody out. So before we get there, we need to go back a little bit and talk about what's happening to Mrs. Hoggins. Sure. Just for a couple seconds. Because I didn't she... realize we were, were probably like caught up on Mrs. Hoggins and we do need to check in with her. So she she's been arrested, right? She <laughs> goes and walks in front of this judge and she basically in what has to be the fastest vernacular I've ever heard. I feel like they have to have sped up her audio. I don't know. Maybe she's just that good. Yeah, but it doesn't look sped up. So I'm thinking maybe she's just that good. But basically, she just gives her whole life story to this judge. <laughs> and she's like, so you better let me go so I can find my husband's pig and we can go home. And he's and 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 the narrator's like, now, this judge used to work on a farm and really loved pigs. So he decided to hear this lady out. And he's and this guy's it's this it's literally the same actor who played the janitor from before. He's got like the pig nose, mm-hmm. and he's just like case dismissed, and she leaves, and she goes back to the hotel. So at some point, and we don't really get to. I just want to mention this: we don't really get to see the scene, but I understand that it must have happened at some point during all the hardship. Mrs. Hoggy got very intense, and like I guess it was probably like sitting in the cells. <laughs> She's hanging out with all of these hoodlums. There's just a moment where she was like, actually, fuck this. She gets back, she gets back, and she meets, um, what's her face? Miss Flume. Miss Flume, who's beside herself because her only family is dead, and all of her animals got taken away. And I believe the hotel is condemned? Yes, and she knows exactly whose fault it is. Yeah, and so, hug, uh, hug it, she's about to storm off. And instead gets a change of clothes. Oh, God. Which will be important. Honestly, it, the plot hinges on it. It's it's interesting. In a way that, like, when she first got into the change of clothes, I was like, oh, okay, that's just an excuse to have her dressed as a clown. And it is. It but is. Also, it's like, it, like, matters. In a way that I didn't expect. It's Chekhov's clown pants. Yeah, so she puts on Uncle Fugly's old stuff. Which this man just died. Oh, whatever. Close or close. Goes to yell at the the lady who called the cops. And then there's a scene of them riding what I assume to be Uncle Fugly's bicycle because it is not... It's very bouncy. Yes, it's like like misaligned so it's comical. Which must have sucked riding. But again, Mrs. Hoggett got very intense and is not about to give up on this pig. So the animals bust out, bust loose, bust a move. All those things. They didn't take um, the girl chimpanzee away from her babies, which was good. I was honestly pretty concerned that that was going to happen. Yeah, I, I for a brief moment I was like, man, are we going to have to save some kids, some baby chimps too? Which we do, but not in that way. Yes. So there's this really weird scene where Thelonious like, doesn't want to leave because he's undressed. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about it, because on the one hand, it's a very interesting scene, but on the other hand, it made me very uncomfortable. Like, like, like he was like a senile old man clinging to the only part of his life he can still remember. Oh, that's not how I saw it. I, I just sort of saw it more as like, he's always gotten dressed before he left the house before. And yeah. it's like a learned thing. Everybody else is like, hey, man, we're animals. He's like, I'm basically not. So <laughs> I'm a butler. I have some respect. Which isn't to say it wasn't interesting and also depressing. It was very interesting and also depressing. So they go through this adventure in sneaking and they are in this elevator. Yep. 
What happens? <laughs> well, there's a scene, and again, it's unclear what this building is used for. They, they just get to a scene where somebody is talking about... Somebody calls the elevator, and then, like, one of his co-workers walks up and starts talking about something, so he turns away, and the elevator opens, and this these, like, 50 fucking animals are just standing there. S- sitting in this elevator. Just, like, quietly, and then it closes again because the guy was talking to this other dude and again it's not clear what all these parts of the building are used for but then they come out at the policeman's ball oh do they come out they come out through the kitchen yeah the kitchen first remember because mrs hoggett and uh miss flume find fleelick and he leads them to the kitchen right and this is when the big chase sequence that lasts a little too long starts officially because from the kitchen they get into a tussle with the chefs, then they make their way onto the main ballroom floor where the real party starts. And there's a woman receiving an award. A massive check. Who tries to act like this is super chill for about two seconds. She's like, oh, this is a surprise. I like surprises. And then it's like, no, actually, fuck you. Yeah, This (laughs) This is getting weird. uh, What you think would happen when a bunch of these people look like they walked straight out of like King Louis the the Fourteenth like party. Like they all have the big wigs and all the stuff and the big dresses and stuff. Imagine a very like stuffy party just got interrupted by a bunch of monkeys. Like put it together. <laughs> what do you think would happen if you just put twenty animals into a room filled with crowded people? That's what happens. Shit goes bananas. In pajamas. Riding llamas. So, yes, but the problem is, it's not only that there's chaos, it's that a lot of people, a lot of people seem to want to actively fight this chaos. There there are so many people who are have a personal stake in making <laughs> sure shit goes orderly. By fight, I do mean, like, throw punches. People are getting thrown. People are getting punched and tackled. Glassman, at one point, gets thoroughly wrecking balled. (laughs) The Glassman, yeah. Those glasses Uh, never fell over, and I was so mad. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Hoggett just wants her damn pig back. And, like, these chefs are trying to stop her, and, like, some other dudes try to stop her. One of the chefs straight up just picks up Babe and is like, this is my pig now. And it's like, yeah, what that the was fuck, fucking dude? weird. You for the fucking chef from The Little Mermaid, you're just dead set on cooking <laughs> this pig for no reason? So she starts, like, swinging around on these super stretchy, uh, oh, like, suspenders that Overall, are part of this costume. Yeah. yeah. And, like, she's, she's, like, bungee jumping from the roof. And, like, cannonballing into different people, trying to get her pig. Just screaming pig. It's a mess. Like, she's just smashing into people. And she's like, demolishing this party. And again, this actor does not do, like, a bad job. <laughs> she's great. It's very odd, and it's, like, a very slapstick moment that really fits into this movie for some reason and and you don't see this kind of slapstick comedy anywhere anymore yeah it's very yeah it's very unusual and there's a weirdly tender moment where um felonius and the monkey are looking at her and felonius says that looks like himself and the monkey's like that's not himself that's 
that's just somebody dressed in his clothes. And so Flanus is like, no, that's himself. And, like, goes to go, like, see her. Yeah, just to look at her. Yeah. It, you know, I hadn't considered until about this moment that um, this movie must have been a lot harder to shoot than the original one because you can't get, like, a bunch of orangutans. Yeah. You can really only get one or maybe two. I don't know how many orangutans are just, like, around. I do think at around this time there was an orangutan just doing doing stuff. Just going around and being an orangutan, you know? Because this is the, around the same time you get all of those orangutan movies. Mm. Right? In like 1990s? I think you're right. MVP, Most Valuable Primate. I don't, I don't feel like I could uh, really do this scene justice. It is surprisingly solid. <laughs> it, it's... It just, my only problem with it is it lasts so long. It lasts a long time, but it's like, we've seen a lot of really dumb action scenes, and I don't think this quite fits in, like, on that level. No, it's definitely well done and well shot. It's also, I mean, to be fair, it's also really dumb. Like, plot-wise, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would this be happening? Oh, no. But, like, once, if you've already bought into the plot, then you're here already, you know. Well, that's the thing, right? Is if you've gotten to this point, you've seen wor- you've seen crazier shit. Yes. You've seen worse stuff. This is kind of a breath of fresh air when you're like, "All right, yeah, this is gonna happen." They don't knock over those glasses, though. <laughs> In the they end, they should have. They do get all the animals, and we get like a wrap up voiceover. That says that they sell the hotel, and I guess Stick Lady has moved in with uh with the Hoggets, along with all of her animals. Most of the animals like the farm, the chimpanzees, just like live in the trees and live mostly wild, which which I thought was sort of a nice touch. Yeah. Fleelick chases trucks now. Yeah, he's he he's got that adre- he's an adrenaline junkie now. Life's yes. too slow for him on this farm. He needs to live life on that fast road. He's he's chasing he's chasing the high that only near death gave him. He wants to run on that pasture again. Shit. God damn it. As soon as you mentioned the pasture, it was like not funny anymore and instead depressing. <laughs> I find that really, I still find it really funny. Um, but then we get, I think, the best side story that that isn't in the movie. It just happens in this scene, which is that this uh, poodle... <laughs> with the pit bull and then left for another dog and left him with the kids yes and he's trying to teach these uh poodle these well, they're they're pit bulls with like poodle fluff taped to their heads poodles piddles nope i like poodles <laughs> i like i like i like piddles because i just I'm not ca- piss <laughs> you can't call a dog piddles uh uh, he's, these doodles. He's, 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 he's trying to teach them to be fierce, and they're not getting it. Patoodles. We're not calling them patoodles. I like patoodles. All right. I got that recorded now. For whatever good that'll do me. The closing scene has Hoggett finally having fixed the water pump, which for some reason is also something that I like actually remembered from this movie as a kid. Mm-hmm. The scene of him turning on the water pump and nothing happening, and then it spewing a bunch of gunk, and then it flowing for real, and that's like a metaphor. 
yeah. and then we end the movie. And I think he says that'll do pig, even though at this point the pig did not do anything. The pig has done a lot and also has not done much in front of you. So yes. Like, I guess... the, pig has done, the pig has done a lot, but also did not fix that water pump. He looks at Babe and he just sees this whole movie in the pig's eyes. <laughs> you can finally rest now, pig. The world will be okay. And that's the end of the movie. Yep. This is a weird one. Not as weird as I think I expected it to be. Yeah, it wasn't as weird as like most of the Disney sequels. But it's also not as coherent. It reminded me a lot of Return to Oz, but Return to Oz was way fucking weirder because it was a sequel to Wizard of Oz. Return to Oz, I think, is the weirdest thing. But I also, I think I liked it more than this. Hmm. Because it was a coherent story, right? Like a beginning, middle, and end, and like a moral and a theme. This is just a bunch of shit happening, which is nice. The second movie feels like a continuation of the first movie that doesn't need to happen. But the thing the thing about the second movie is, again, I don't know if you heard this last hour. No sheep herding. <laughs> this is a pig who herds sheep. I think the first movie is solid. I think it holds up. I think the second movie, the most fascinating thing about it is that it's so much like the first movie and also so little like the first movie. I don't know how they managed both of those things at once. The The tone is the same, it, but it has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like, it leaves the setting. It only has two characters from the first movie. It's literally running away from the first movie, but has to come back. That's deep, man. I don't like the second movie, but I will admit that it was fun to watch. Yeah, it wasn't one of the ones that like super depressed me when I watched it, which I guess is big for me now. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I'll stand by that. I don't like movies that depress me, and I don't think that there were parts of both of these movies that were depressing, but they were sort of meant to be in in a very odd, specific to babe way. (laughs) The movie just takes, I don't know, it's just, it's too much. Mm Mm-hmm stuff and none of it matters what i would say is that it's a it's like if you slap this movie in front of a kid they're not gonna look away yeah they'll like it probably like like we said there aren't a lot of like slapstick comedy or like orangutan movies anymore so like they would think that's pretty fascinating probably the issue is that if you liked babe you should probably just watch babe again yeah and also if you like really liked babe i sort of question your reasoning because it's a pretty okay movie it's definitely not a movie that i would say i like yeah but i did not hate watching it which is more than i can say of a lot of movies (laughs) this is like a very tentative thumbs up it sounds like i i i'm really keeping my thumb perfectly horizontal on this one (laughs) like i don't think it's good but it's not insulting yeah it's yeah except for the Part where the dog yells uh, pussy, but other than that, not insulting. <laughs> uh, it means other things, Andy. I know. Like cat, which is what he was yelling at. Thank you for listening to Directed Video. Chips? Being chips? I don't think we've said paired movies like Fine Wine for the past few episodes, which is too bad because I really like that line and I gotta keep at it. I have been your host and person who regrets his actions, Tony Robusta. Uh, I have been your host and uh, steampunk farmer, Andy Reyes. You can uh, find me on Twitter at Theaterbats. 
And you can find the comic that I do at inspiredbytrueevents.org. You can find me on Twitter at royalty underscore valence. Hopefully, I'll be doing stuff there. Probably not. So if, if you want to like follow Andy on Twitter and then constantly tweet him about how he's not doing anything on Twitter, I would approve of that. I, and I would definitely respond to it and be like, hey, it's true. Get him to make another meme. No, <laughs> I've only ever made the one. I was really proud of that meme, my one meme. That I, I know you're very proud of that meme, and I'm sorry to have brought it up because now I get to talk about how proud you are again. This, this <laughs> is my first and only meme. It uh, will carry on my legacy. Thank you to Lee Rosevere for Planet E off the album Travis One. I haven't listened to more Lee Rosevere when I've been working. Mm-hmm. Because he does a lot of instrumental stuff that's just very chill and solid. Yeah. There's an album he released called All These Simple Things. I suggest you check it out because it's 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 just it's just like nice piano music. I dig it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our comic. Not our comic. What? Our comic. Yep, that's right. Our Boom. Comic. You heard it here I was, first. I was, our comic. I was gonna say, name one character. <laughs> one character from our comic. Name one. Uh, bats. Nope. So close. Wait, Medea. No! I, I know you have one of your characters is named off of, like, an obscure mythological figure. Yeah, that was, I mean, that wasn't bad. It's Mania, but spelled Ma- weird. Mania. I was going to say that the podcast is a direct2.video. If for some reason the feed is not enough for you and you need it injected directly into your veins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's how you have to take it. Get that full drip. What the hell are we talking about? I don't know. We're not on iTunes. I'm the ghost of John Smith. Wait, what no, are we wait, doing? Wait, 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 what wait, are we wait, doing wait. next time? Oh, hold up. I want to keep us in the 90s. No. I want to I want to keep... <laughs> no? <laughs> I want to keep us in the 90s, but I want to get in the spirit. It is officially October, and I think we should watch The Addams Family and Addams Family Values, which also ties into the fact that there's a new Addams Family movie coming out. Okay, I don't know if I've ever actually seen a piece of Addams Family media. I know I have. All right, this will be good. Well, like, yes. probably. Hopefully. Or hate it. Are you better not? <laughs> Okay, well, maybe I'll dislike it and not hate it. I'm putting my hands up as though you can see them. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm the ghost of John Smith. Ooh. Who else was he? I think he was the bad guy, good guy in Big Hero 6. Oh, he was the actual bad guy. Yeah, yeah, the not the fake bad not guy. Not the fake but the bad, real bad the fake, guy. Cuz the fake bad guy was um our guy. <laughs> Weasel Town. Why can't I remember his Alan name? Alan Tudyk. There we go. Thank you. Right. Our our man, Alan Tudyk.